welcome to Streams of Progress, where we bring you weekly conversations with many of the UAE's prominent leaders and thinkers. Each of our guests are actively contributing to the vitality of the UAE community and economy. Our goal in the podcast is to inspire you to drive progress in your professional and personal life. Hey everyone, this is Merak, and today on Streams of Progress, I'm joined by Ibrahim Cholak the CEO and founder of Mr. Usta. During the discussion, we covered his journey from working at Nokia to launching his first startup with his then-girlfriend, now-wife, and how he maximized the opportunities that arose as being part of one of Dubai's first incubators. So join us as we dive into the conversation. We're sitting down with Ibrahim Cholak, the CEO and founder of Mr. Usta. Hello. Uh, thank you for hosting us in your office. Thank you very much. Before we get into the story of Mr. Usta and how that came about, let's go over your backstory. Okay. How did you end up in Dubai and where, where do you come from? I'm originally Turkish. Uh, I'm born and raised in Istanbul, Turkey, and uh, I get an education of electrical engineer in Istanbul. And uh, my professional life story starts with Nokia. Actually, uh, I'm a big fan of Nokia. I, after the graduation, I started with Nokia. And I worked for 13 years for Nokia as well in different departments. I started with Nokia IT, then transferred into solution management. Then after that career, in 2008, I moved to Dubai as a, a product marketing manager for the region, India, Middle East, and Africa. Uh, I continued five, four years uh, for uh, this role. And then, uh, after, you know, the Nokia's uh, story, it goes up very high and it started to go down, I started Mr. Usta in 2013. Was there a time you were at Microsoft as well? Is that during that transition? Uh, yes, uh, of course. Uh, with the Microsoft in the last period, you know, Nokia was sold to Microsoft. I worked a uh, little amount of time for Microsoft as well. Uh, but uh, the cultures were similar, uh, and after joining Microsoft with uh, Nokia, uh, I left uh, after a short period of time. So your move to Dubai was actually due to a position change in Nokia or a new opportunity yes. within Nokia? Yes, it was a different department in Nokia. I was working for Nokia Networks. It's mainly for the base station and the networks, and I was a solution manager there. Then I moved to mobile phone devices. I was managing the smartphones like E-Series, N-Series of uh, uh, mobile phones and I was uh, involved a lot with the applications that why that's why I'm very much familiar with the applications and where they go your academic background is an electrical engineer yes I did electrical engineer and then I did MBA masters on top of it so let's go on to Mr. Usta before we get into what Mr. Usta is and what it does where does the name Mr. Usta come from? Actually, we really uh, discussed a lot about it. What should we name it? There were different ideas. And we said we should be some common word uh, because Dubai is a very diverse place. So it should be a common word with all these diversified people. So Usta means master guru expert in most of the Middle Eastern languages. It's Arabic, Farsi, Urdu, and Turkish. Uh, some of them call it as Ustad, Ustaz. So we said, uh, let's end it uh, when it's wisdom, master guru, and we believe mustache also some kind of uh, represents this too. So we came up with the logo and the name. Uh, we find it, uh, everyone loved the idea, and we go ahead with that. 
Yeah, and the mustache is actually very iconic when you see the Mr. Usta. Yes, at the same time also we find out that uh, orange is very bright and nice and people are attracted to it. So we did a very uh, big brand study behind it and uh, we found that it's very easy to remember and people like the idea and we go ahead with it. And just for the listeners who don't know Mr. Usta, what, what is the offering? What, what do you guys do? Uh, Mr. Usta is an online marketplace to find the quality service providers uh, in the region. Uh, we have categories like moving, interior decoration, landscaping, painting, pest control, AC services, uh, whatever you can think of to improve your home uh, and uh, other services that you need for your home. And when you were starting, Mr. Usta, it was actually with your wife, right? Yes. So you guys are a husband-wife duo founder? When we started ideation stages, we were dating. Then uh, during the creation, we got married and we had a baby. Now she's one and a half years old. So we have two babies. One is Mr. Usta, one is Jana. <laughs> <laughs> so how has it been working with your wife? In, I mean, at first your girlfriend and then yes. fiancé and then wife. How is that dynamic uh, to be honest, we were a little, uh, we have an advantage there because we know each other from Nokia times. We were working in the same team too. So we were easily uh, differentiate our business life and personal life too from that ages. And uh, she knows me when I'm uh, in the business mode and I know her when she's in business mode. So we know our personalities very well when we are in business mode and personal mode, uh, if I may say that. So the dynamic was, but when we start working together, it started to be, become 24 hours business mode. So we didn't have much time to, for our personal life. So we always discussed about Mr. Usta all over the day. Our lunch and dinner times started, we should do this for Mr. Usta, we should do that for Mr. Usta. I can say less personal hours, more business hours uh, with that. It was uh, first fun, then it became a little frustrating, then we decided to have some uh, personal hours for us, so we tried to manage it. Uh, But I have to say the discussions becoming more uh, for business, not personal life, but it creates tension too. It's not very easy, but some parts it's more advantage because you don't need to explain yourself a lot to uh, your partner because she already knows what you are thinking and I already know what she's thinking. So making decisions much more quicker. I think it also is a test of a strong relationship. I totally agree because sometimes uh, you come to a situation that you cannot find a solution and you have to accept uh, one of it uh, because there's no clear explanation or uh, problem solving there so you have to accept the solution that other part uh, created and uh, it b- makes it more uh, maybe not organic but uh, it's good <laughs> going back to the founding of Mr. Wilson, what was the inspiration what made you want to start it I believe most of the people in Dubai when I came in 2008 here had the similar uh, problems with me. Uh, I had a couple of very big problems with my house. Uh, first one is uh, when I decided it is uh, my AC broke down. I was living in Greens at that time. 
Uh, and I couldn't find anything. To, uh, it was in August. I couldn't find anyone to sol- uh, solve that problem. I called my landlord. He was uh, not in the country. He told me, you find someone and deal with it. I don't know anyone. I went to security guy. He gave me a number. I called him. He didn't show up same day. He showed up next day and he gave me a bill, very ridiculous amount, because he knew that I am new in Dubai. So he tried to get advantage of me. Then I made another 10, 15 calls. Finally, I got someone. He said, yeah, I will fix it. And then he said, uh, I couldn't find the part. This is a old AC. I cannot fix it. I had to stay with my friends out for two days. In that uh, summer, I couldn't uh, they stay at home. So I said, this is a big problem. Then my washing machine broke down. Same problem. Cleaning. You couldn't find a reliable cleaning company too. Then I said, there should be a resource that you can go and check and see if this guy is reliable, what is the price transparency and all these details and I reached uh, my technical friends how we should do it, how we should design it. Uh, I was familiar with the applications too because uh, applications were getting really popular in Dubai and mobile penetration is really high. So we thought that the best way to it through an application and it started like that. So it was from the frustration or you experiencing the problem firsthand yes. you wanted to find a solution exactly for and i asked uh, most of my friends i did a study and everyone told me the same uh, f- feedback and i talked with the service providers even service providers are complaining too because they're saying people are calling us and uh, we don't know uh, what kind of service they need and there is no WhatsApp was not popular there. Uh, there was only SMS and phone calls, and people were not explaining their problems. The service providers couldn't understand. And service pro- uh, providers said, big problem to access other customers all around the city or the town. So I was thinking I will solve the problems for the customers at the same time for the service providers too. So now going back to your offering, your service offering on Mr. Usta. I know the the service has the marketplace platform, but recently we've noticed you also have added something now, the maintenance package. Yes. How did that come about and what is the evolution for that? Why do you feel that that's an interesting offering to start? Actually, we had a couple of pivots uh, when we started. First, we started as a classified site and we were only listing the service providers. And we find out that just giving a number is not enough uh, because after number you need to still make a phone call, you cannot explain, there's a language barrier in some cases. So we said we need to put those problems on the website and we need to discuss on the problems. After that, we did a couple of different changes too. We uh, added more categories, removed more categories. And we saw that some people really want more convenience when we bring convenience to their life. They want more convenience. They don't want to call you every time and ask for the price every time when they need a service. They say, just give me a blanket offer and I want my uh, I want a, a painless one year. Just give me an uh, annual maintenance contract. So I don't want to think about how much it will cost when I call you, how much it will cost if another problem occurs. Just give me a price and uh, I'm happy for one year and I'll come back to you next year and deal again. So uh, it uh, created to bring more convenience to our customers. So it's an offering that removes... Again, another hurdle for them. It's almost like seamless where I know I'm getting this Yes, and it's going to be done. Yes, exactly. And uh, we are getting a lot of feedback from our customers through application uh, feedback and through our application emails. We are very friendly with our customers. Uh, We want to be friends with them. 
and we want to understand all their problems and solve them. So when you are friends, they give their feedback very easily to you. And with this feedback, we are creating new solutions, better solutions for them and less headache uh, for all of us. I think with a strong customer service team like you guys have, it's, yes. you're able to get feedback that normally a service provider wouldn't be able to yes, assemble. Yes, exactly. We put a lot of uh, effort on customer relationship management team. Uh, you can see the background noise too. They are talking to customers <laughs> all, all the time and uh, they are the really engine of our platform because we believe human touch is important and when you have a problem, uh, we believe psychologically you need someone to listen to you. It's not only giving the best price, it's not only giving the best service, you need to really understand the problem, then create a maybe custom-made solution for the customers, and you can do it uh, uh, with a, a good customer relationship management service. It's been five years now? You guys started in 2013? Uh, 2013 were the ideation. Uh, okay. We officially started uh, in January 2014. And um, how did that come about? You went from ideation, and then what was your founding story? Because I know you guys went through the In5 yes, incubation. Yes, exactly. Uh, in 2013-14, these technology startups started to get a lot of hype in the UAE, and we have only a couple of incubation, incubation centers at that point. Right now, we have more incubation centers than startups, but at that point, it was very, very important for us to have someone support us. So, in five uh, from Dubai Internet City, one of the best ones, because they gave us uh, really a nice place to work, and at the same time, uh, they give us a mentorship on how to create a company, how to create a technology company. They introduce us to partners. They bring us uh, investors. They had a lot of events that uh, we could learn. So it wasn't very mature at that time, the ecosystem of our startups. And uh, with them, we learned a lot. They helped us a lot. Uh, they, we are still in touch with them. We have a lot of events going on with them. They are still helping us. Uh, they, actually, it's great for us to have this kind of in, in incubation centers in Dubai. So, yeah, like right now you're not actually hosted in them anymore, but you're still in touch, you, the alumni network or the, exactly. the network it provided. Exactly. After three years, we got uh, graduated from their uh, program. Uh, they helped us find the office. We are still uh, working under Dubai Internet uh, license. Uh, whenever we have an event, a uh, joint event, we do them. We are going to create an Usta Academy uh, soon to train our Ustas and their strategic partners, and uh, they are helping us on that. So to have someone supporting you like that is very important for startups. And what exactly is this Usta Academy? Usta Academy, as I explained, when you have the uh, some of the service providers need a lot of education in terms of communication, language barrier, in terms of sales, in terms of love, in terms of VAT. So we are bringing our service providers uh, to our office or some venues and educating them on these subjects. We had a VAT workshop last year. It was very successful. We educated them on VAT. And now we are going to have in Ramadan, it's a CSR activity. We are partnering with Eton Institute uh, and uh, some other law firms. So we will educate them on business English, how to talk to customers, how to write a business email, how to send an offer. At the same time, we are going to uh, also uh, educate them with Booster Academy on how to do sales, 
what is important on sales, uh, how to calculate your margin and sales language and do uh, those kind of stuff. We are uh, working with law firms to educate them on uh, what is important in your contracts, how to create a contract, uh, how to, if you have a dispute with a customer, where to go, what to do. All this kind of stuff will be part of the Academy and it's a serious program. It will continue throughout the year. And it's something that has launched or something that will launch soon? Uh, we were doing it as Usta workshop before, like VAT. We did one with National Paints for painters. So National Paint actually showed them uh, different paint styles and application and they certified them. So we officially in Ramadan, we are going to launch it under the name of Usta Academy. So Very it's nice. a rebranding. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's more official. <laughs> yes, exactly. But we always, uh, we have a very good relationship with our service providers, Ustas, and we always believe that education is very important and we are educating them. And now, if you don't mind, we'll go into your funding journey. Yes. So I believe it was in 2015 when you closed your seed funding round. Yes, exactly. So actually, you were bootstrapping prior to that, I yes. assume. Yes. yes. From 2014 to yes. 2015. So how did the seed fund round come about or how did it close? Yes, in 2014 actually we worked only on the website because uh, we learned a lot from international similar websites and ourselves too. And we believed we need to, to test the market, understand the real needs and how we can change the, our whole process and business model. When we finished the 2014, we understand that uh, what we need to do and we were ready to launch an application. And to launch an application, and we need a better branding, and we need funding too. And we reached Angel Investors, and pressing partners uh, Amjad Ahmed uh, reached us, and we had a very good deal with them. We raised three hundred fifty thousand dollars with them, and uh, we rebranded, totally have a nice brand, and uh, also uh, had a facelift on the application itself and the web page. And uh, we started our applications. We have a native application on iOS Store and Android uh, Store. Uh, that's how we get the seed funding and what we did with the seed funding. And is that the same time you did the pivot? You said you were classifieds and then you... Exactly. For that one year, we understand what exactly the customer needs and Usta needs. And after that point, we made the pivot. And with that pivot, we created the current business model. And then I'm pretty sure the, there was some good traction because in 2016, then you closed your pre-Series A, Yes, right? exactly. So uh, if you can tell us about how that came about, and if you can correct me if the value is wrong, was it 2.75 million dirhams? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, uh, why we needed this fund is uh, we found out that when we have, uh, have the application launched, uh, we had uh, good traction on the customer numbers and shop numbers and uh, we proved our business model and we proved that this market is growing so we reached other investors uh, some angel investors also pressing partners came back and uh, for a growth stage uh, we need to do more how we can reach more we were operating only in Dubai we launched Abu Dhabi all other Emirates too and uh, with this funding we created a really strong team a higher management team we created our uh, CRM team and uh, we passed the growth stage and with this uh, big team and all better marketing options and uh, more reach our traction got better so uh, we closed that funding also after the pre-series uh, A funding 
uh, it's our growth stage right now. Uh, we still did, as I explained before, uh, some uh, updates on the business model too. We started instant booking system on our platform. So if you don't have time, if you don't want offers, you can directly book services right now. We give you fixed price. So if you need a cleaning, you just we give you hourly rate. You can book uh, right away. We assign you the best service providers. So we did all these kind of changes. We improved the model and uh, we are ready for the next uh, funding raise and expansion for the other countries now. This was mostly angels, you said, that were involved in the... Yes, Uh, we have different uh, angel uh, networks and angels joined our uh, run uh, from Saudi Arabia, from Egypt and from UAE. And how long did each stage take from when the talks began to the end? Approximately how long would it take you to raise your... Uh, for seed funding, it was really fast uh, because uh, we got really good synergy with uh, pressing partners and uh, they understand the model and they are investing in technology startups and uh, they, they are very supportive. Uh, for the uh, second round, uh, of course, we need to explain the model to everyone. Uh, some of it was new model for some of the new people, and uh, as you know, this is not the most attra- attractive sector. It's painters, plumbers, and other people. So we need to explain them. So uh, it take around uh, six months to close whole funding. But the seed was a lot quicker. Yeah, because uh, we knew what we wanted to do and we did our study for that one year and after that explaining to one person was very uh, easy for us and uh, as he has very similar mind like ours and he understand the concept it was very easy uh, for the second round it was also easy for us six months is not a very long time because we had four new different angels uh, it was all talking to each other simultaneously than one and after so total process with, uh, took six months did you face any challenges or was it pretty much straightforward with these angels yeah of course in the region uh, technology investing was not that popular at that time because it was very new and people didn't know the risks and returns of these investments too and uh, some technology startups uh, were good, but there weren't good exits and there weren't good uh, returns from those technology startups at that time. So they were really, really uh, checking every single detail and you need to clearly explain them. So you need to know your uh, concept, project, your uh, PNL really well. If there is some a gray area in some points, uh, they hesitate to come on board. So you need to explain everything really clearly and in a transparent way and uh, become the best example for them. Then they come on board. So uh, it was a little challenging at that time. I believe now it's much more easy because there are more technology uh, startup investors in the region. If you could, for would-be founders listening who want to go about raising their funds, if you give three pieces of advice yes. for them on how to go about raising yeah. funds, specifically in this region, as yes. you said, yeah. it's a bit different than maybe other places. Yes. Uh, I think the first one would be for everyone. It's not specific for this region. Uh, you need to have a really good team. Most of the investors are investing in team more than idea. So you need to prove that your team can execute this and your team is uh, capable of doing this and execution Uh, if you have that team 
it gives a lot of confidence, so a lot of barriers uh, will be removed. After that, you really need to know your concept. Uh, you need to know every single detail. You need to know what your customer wants. You need to know how user journey is. You cannot say, I'm just a CEO or a founder. I don't need to know all these small details because they matter. Uh, every single detail matters for your success. So they want to know if there is a problem, you can solve it. If you are not aware of a problem, you cannot solve it. So they want to, you to know, list them the uh, hurdles or the pro, uh, potential problems you might have, and they want to listen how you are going to solve them. So that is very important. Uh, and the third one, I would say, uh, they need to have a really good CFO and show them uh, your unit economics. So you have to show them how you will make money. Uh, you have to show how you will spend that money. And uh, when you spend that money, how you will get it back. Every single detail on the unit economics. And after that unit economics, how you will scale it. So for one sales, how much money you will make and how many sales you are going to do. And also it depends on how you, uh, your market size and if you know the market. Too. So these uh, details are important. All right. Um, now, if you don't mind, we want to learn a bit more about you. Okay, sure. Yourself. Sure. So, uh, as you said, you work with your wife, and at times it becomes a lot of, rather than business and personal life, it's actual business, business life. Yes. It's constantly about business. Yes. You said you're trying to better that balance, especially you have children yes. now. Yes. Uh, is there anything you tend to do on the weekends that you try and recharge and maybe shut off the business for a bit? Yes. Is there any hobby or any specific thing you do that yes. you try and do that? Uh, I do dive a lot. I think Dubai and UAE is a good place for diving. I'm an advanced diver. So, uh, and also when you go under the water it's very silent there. So uh, in a startup life you know, uh, when you are in the really startup, uh, we have an open office too. there are a lot of noises coming and you have to deal with customers if you are a marketplace, service providers, also your vendors, technology and everything, everything. Uh, I believe diving really helps me uh, to relax. Of course, I don't have much time. Before, Mr. Usta, I used to dive much more frequently. Now I don't do it much, but it really helps me to relax and, you know, uh, get all these noises out of my head. Uh, I do same with uh, bicycle too. I go to Al Kudra and then uh, that uh, track I do it alone too. So because when you are uh, alone in the wild, in the desert, and with the bicycle going fast, uh, you can really uh, tidy up your thoughts and uh, you can create some ideas and come with solutions too. Uh, so these are helping me a lot. So you're still thinking. <laughs> yes, still thinking, but it's much more a clear uh, way you are thinking it. And uh, you can also think about your personal life and personal problems and your future as well, not only business. So uh, I, I mean, in startup life, it's very busy. Every day is different. Some days very good, some days very bad. Some day you have to work 24 hours, some days uh, even more. You need to create hours for yourself uh, but if you have to spend some time you have to have some me time to recharge it's very important and uh, I can say it for the people who don't have babies uh, sleep <laughs> but when you have a baby uh, you don't sleep much but 
uh, everyone should, I think, uh, spend some time on sleeping and getting rest and recharge because when you are constantly tired, your efficiency, your creativity really goes down. So you have to have some me time and rest time, definitely. So you're PADI certified? Yes, I'm PADI certified as an advanced diver. That came from before, though? Like yes, you, yes. You took it up before yes, and it just yes, continued? Before. Yeah, I continue. Okay. Uh, do you have any heroes or any people you look to for inspiration, or yeah. either growing up or even now in terms of business-wise? Uh, to be honest, in business-wise, I believe uh, Elon Musk is a good example for us uh, because he didn't put any uh, any borders on his inspirations. And I believe if you say someone in 80s, 90s, a private company will go to Mars or create a rocket, they would tell you you are an idiot. Uh, it's a lot of funding. Why you should do it? It's government job. It's a very big job. And he really show everyone a private company can do it. Same with the electrical car. Everyone is saying uh, it is, you know, petrol is everything. Uh, it's a very big business. No one will bring electric cars. No one will allow. And he did it. I think uh, he's a good inspiration for startups and founders that uh, you shouldn't really stop dreaming or you shouldn't put barriers on your head that I, this is this is doable, this is not doable. So you really put high targets and uh, you try to achieve them. I mean, in his case, he's actually pursuing multiple things at the same time. <laughs> exactly. So many things. Uh, of course, uh, you need to be a little lucky and uh, go into market in the right time. But of course, you need to have some specialties and you know features on yourself to understand the right time and the right project and how to do that. Uh, I think he's a good inspiration for all of us. And so what is your, let's say, if, if there was a typical day, what does a typical day of the CEO of Mr. Usta look like? Okay. Uh, mainly, uh, as a CEO, you need to really understand how business goes from every department. I have a development department, a marketing department, a, a customer management, and Usta management department. I need to get really feedback through them all the time. Uh, in Mr. Usta, we try to not make uh, meetings more than half an hour. So uh, in the morning, mainly, I go uh, very short uh, stand-up chat with my department head that w- what is happening throughout the business, anything new that I need to know. And uh, it starts like that. And after that, uh, we believe partnerships are really important for us. So uh, for the last six to eight months, we are focusing more on partnerships. Uh, we are partnering right now with Dubizel. So you can book Mr. Usta services directly from Dubizel application moving services. So creating these networks, these uh, partnerships, you need to spend time on uh, how uh, you can create these partnerships and spend time with your partners, uh, teams too. So I do spend time a lot of with the partners and discussing them how we can help them or how they can help us too. And uh, at the same time, uh, I need to create uh, investor relations because 
funding never stops. You cannot say I start funding today and finish it tomorrow. So you have to update all the time your investors for the future and the potential investors too. You need to catch up, create new networks and always update them about what you are doing. So I work on these relations with the investors and our uh, current investors and future investors as well. Uh, at the same time, I get a lot of reports and I need to analyze those reports and uh, guide the teams regarding these reports. And uh, because I am in the business from the first day, so sometimes a newcomer may not understand uh, some uh, data and it would trigger a problem or a solution, I need to understand them and give them feedback too. I'm not my, uh, a micromanager. Uh, I don't dive into processes, uh, how they uh, manage them, but uh, I like getting feedback about what's happening day to day in the business and giving my feedback on this too. Uh, mainly, it's more communication and analyzing the reports and creating partnerships and networks. So those meetings with the internal team, you try and do that every day or is it a weekly thing? Uh, we have weekly one meeting uh, for all the department has to understand the business. The other one is a stand-up uh, coffee meeting like 10 minutes in the morning what are the topics that we should focus on today or what should I know today to do day-to-day -day business if there is important. It's just 10 minutes to get updated every morning we do that. It's like a fast turnaround. It's not expecting them to bring a PowerPoint uh, no, to you. No, no, exactly. Uh, exactly. We don't do also more than uh, 20 slides PowerPoints too because we believe it's killing more time than the doing business. <laughs> and do you have any specific habits you tend to do every day? Is there like a certain time you wake up? Is there a certain way you do something? Thing. I try to answer all of my emails. That's a habit for me. And uh, I try to really spend the time on those emails too. Uh, so uh, I have like one or two hours, understand what people need me from that email, just not a quick answer. And uh, like put them in a very structured way. These are urgent these are uh, second priority, third priority. So I create that structure every day. That's a habit for me that what should I do? Prioritize my tasks. Uh, we use Trello also. I use Trello a lot for this task management too. So that's my uh, habit in the mornings or during the day, prioritizing everything for business and then uh, start execution depending on that priority. And do you have a wind-down ritual? Let's say when you leave to go home, is there a shut-off time or do you constantly go through work? And At first, when I start, I didn't have shut-off time. Yeah. It's like 24 hours. But now, as I have a baby, I really want to spend time with her uh, because it's relaxing me too. So when I go home, sometimes it's late, sometimes it's early, but uh, I want to spend like a couple of hours with her. Of course, sometimes when she goes to sleep, I... Uh, get the computer and start working again uh, but uh, mainly I want to have a family dinner and spend some time with the family so we'll move on to our rapid fire questions okay. it'll be a short answer long answer up to you Okay. do you have a favorite book that either you like to recommend to people or you've actually ever gifted to them actually I like mythology a lot it can be a Greek mythology, Roman mythology, or even Middle Eastern mythology. Uh, so uh, I believe people really need to know what happened in the past. I, I'm also a very fan of history, too. I mainly uh, read biographies and histories, and if I believe... Uh, 
someone's life will really impact some other person, I give those biographies uh, to that person as a gift. So, or uh, history books, uh, this kind of stuff. And uh, I try to uh, learn more about the new mythologies from different uh, places in the world. So I like reading them. Do you have any specific biography that comes to mind or the last one you read? Uh, specific, I can say, uh, as I am Turkish, uh, everyone should Atatürk. know about Mustafa Kemal Atatürk. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to a little promote him because uh, as Turks, we really look up to him uh, because in a very difficult situation, he did amazing things for us. So it helps a lot to understand when you are in difficult situation, how we can create solutions and come up to that. So I would really suggest everyone to know about his life. Is there a specific book that you would recommend? You uh, there are so, so many of them. I wouldn't want to say yeah, okay. this one, but you can find <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah, Atatürk. <laughs> so many of them, yeah. Okay. If you could post a message on Sheikh Zayed Road, uh, on one of the large billboards over there, either going to Dubai or to Abu Dhabi, what would you like people either visiting Dubai or people living in Dubai to know like one message by you and not an ad for Mr. Usta <laughs> ah okay like a, you mean the personal yes yeah. if you could say something to the people I would say don't give up and dream on right life is sometimes very short sometimes very long but you need to dream and enjoy the life and you need to live your dreams and you need to go after Uh, the things how you can make your uh, dreams come true so don't get into very much routine and do all the time same things uh, try to be a little uh, creative just dream on and uh, make your life every day better I would say that I know you talked about uh, scuba diving before yes. do you have any other passions or hobbies that you do or that if you had more time or if you made more time for it, that you would like to pursue? To be honest, after starting uh, an entrepreneur, I start to eat a lot of junk food and not, uh, you know, uh, eating on the exact timing. So I gained a little weight. So before that, I used to do, play a lot of basketball and do more bicycle. I wish I had more time to do them right now and take care of my health more and, uh, you know, not gain a lot of weight and eat junk food. So I would love to do more sports, more scuba diving, more basketball, more bicycle. Uh, I would love to do that right now. I think that's a good one. Yes. <laughs> take care of yourself. Yes, definitely. Your health is, I believe, more important. If you don't have a healthy mind and healthy body, uh, you cannot be successful also in the business. If you could see Dubai as a government implement an initiative, some, some type of moonshot project, what would you like to see the city do? I believe uh, Dubai has a very big potential of, you know, teaching all over the world about the cultures and uh, about those uh, cultural experiences. It would be great to make Dubai by visited by most of the, I cannot say all the citizens in the world, all the people in the world, but people really should study uh, Dubai and come to Dubai and see all these different cultures coming together and understand them and be more respecting to other cultures too because I believe Dubai is one of the best places that everyone respects every culture. So it would be a great initiative to bring everyone to Dubai and make them live like one month, two months and all these different people and understand the cultures and understand 
what is different in their culture, why people are doing that, why people are not doing that, and uh, why it is important for them. So I believe it would also help a lot uh, to the world peace too, because I believe most of the problems in the world, even political or personal problems, is because they don't understand each other, they don't understand the cultures, and they don't respect each other too. Dubai would be a really great place to teach everyone in the world uh, for this. The opportunity in Dubai, if you want to go out there and culturally interact with others. Exactly. We have a lot of different cultures. We have a lot of different exactly. nationalities here. Yes. That's an interesting one. I, I, we haven't heard that one before. <laughs> it would be great. Uh, we have also uh, the one of the best airlines in the world, so they can make everyone travel here very easily and quickly. Yeah. So well, I think a lot already do go through the yes, airport. <laughs> exactly. All right. And uh, lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self, knowing what you know now, what you've gone through with Nokia and Mr. Usta, what, what advice would you give yourself? I think uh, I would tell myself to uh, accept feedback more, even if it's negative and uh, positive, and uh, listen to everyone uh, more. Uh, even if they're experienced or inexperienced, I believe uh, every feedback counts, every person counts. So I would be open to more listening to everyone, not some specific people or specific things. So I would say be more open, talk to everyone, uh, get as much as information yourself and then filter them and then work on them. Uh, that would be, uh, so uh, I believe, would make myself mature quicker. Uh, because uh, Dubai helped me a lot after I moved to Dubai, uh, as I uh, tried to explain before, I got to learn more about everything more because I listened to more people, more different people. I would uh, do the same uh, when I was younger. And do you have any last w word of wisdom you would like to share with our listeners, whether they're founders, entrepreneurs, or just someone? Uh, I wouldn't say wisdom, but I would share my experience. Yeah, the one is uh, be open to any feedback, even if it's negative, just don't get offended. Uh, and it really helps you any feedback about yourself, your business, your life. Uh, don't get offended on the feedback uh, and um, try to make it constructive for yourself instead of showing, uh, you know, uh, some anger or some reaction. Uh, be open to any kind of thoughts in your life because even one negative feedback can help you change your life, change your business, change, totally pivot everything about your business too. Because I believe it helped me a lot on Mr. Usta. When we first launched, we had a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but uh, different kind of feedback. And uh, if we didn't, if we ignored the negative ones, we wouldn't be at the place we were right now. So uh, I believe it's very important in your personal life and business life to uh, listen to people. So like the learnings and the pivots you actually did came from feedback. Yes, and, exactly, exactly. And where can our listeners go to learn more either about you or about Mr. Usta? Our uh, website is www.mrusta.com. Uh, we have all the information about how it works. We have videos there explaining how Mr. Usta works. They can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are pretty active there. Now, we recently started a new campaign about uh, the problems 
people are facing in Dubai, what kind of service providers they are meeting normally, and how Mr. Usta changes that, so uh, they can have a little fun with our new videos too, on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, they can call us from 800 Usta, any kind of information, feedback, I'm very reachable too, they can reach me on LinkedIn uh, whenever they want. All right. Well, thank you, Ibrahim. Thank you very much. It was very nice uh, interview with you, and I had a lot of fun. You can check out this episode's show notes on our website at streamsofprogress.com slash Mr. Usta. That's M-R-U-S-T-A. We'd love to connect with you, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram or reach out via our website. If you can please take a few minutes to give us an honest rating on iTunes, this really makes a huge difference and improves our ability to reach more people in the UAE and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you next week on Streams of Progress.